Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here with a special guest today. And I'm going to bring her in in just a second here. But before I do, I'm going to remind you of this offer that I mentioned on yesterday's podcast. That is with Postmates. Uh, the Locked on Podcast Network is giving uh, our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code Locked on NBA. So as I mentioned yesterday, at times like this, this, this free delivery might uh, come in pretty handy. So Locked On NBA is the code. Download Postmates and you'll get uh, that credit for your first seven days uh, with Postmates. But uh, I did mention we have a guest. Now, I, I want to I give the background of, of how we got to talking today because um, I've been trying to track down uh, Katie George for, I would say, like right through the season and understandably so. She's been very busy, and we're going to get to what she's been up to. I'm sure most of you already know. But this morning when I woke up, I saw an Instagram story of Katie doing a, a car commercial or a you know, sponsorship deal with, uh, with a car commercial. And I, I sent her a text or on Instagram. I DM'd her and said, this is, this is just ridiculous. Now, uh, <laughs> I, I, I dealt with your Australian accents last year. I dealt with everything uh that you brought to the table giving me shit all season long and now i'm waking up and seeing you doing car commercials so katie uh, on, on that note i'm glad that that car commercial brought us together today oh i'm so glad that it brought us together and i got to listen to that just beautiful and insightful introduction kane it's a pleasure to be speaking with you again at this fine hour yeah, it's it's been a little while. We've stayed in touch a little bit, but um, I did actually, I'm not sure whether this was the first time that I mentioned you on the podcast, but I did mention you yesterday because I was talking about uh, with Frank, my normal co-host, he asked whether I watched Australian football games in Milwaukee and I brought up Balzac and I said, I couldn't remember. I don't think that you actually watched an Australian football game with me, but I know we did hang out at Balzac a little bit. It's a fine establishment. I, they don't sponsor me, but I bring them up um, a lot. As you should, uh, because I think they have half price bottle wines on Wednesday, <laughs> which is what we were doing exactly. when there was not Australian football going on. But you did invite me multiple times to watch. For sure. All right. Let's get into this. What have you been up to? Now, obviously right now, uh, we were just talking about you did have some, what was supposed to be a, a really busy month for you. But what does this, this last week, I guess, look like for you? Because uh, obviously, for people that are working in sports, it's, uh, let's just say it's been unprecedented what we've seen. But where were you and, and what's been happening the last few days? Yeah, it's been crazy uh, for me. I'm sure like so many other people working uh, in the sports world, I was actually in Greensboro, North Carolina for the ACC basketball tournament. Uh, and on Thursday, I had done multiple games on Tuesday in the first round, worked a couple games on as a sideline reporter like I did for the Bucks. Uh, same premise just with college basketball and the ACC specifically. And 
Wednesday night went off with a bang, but we knew that at that point on Thursday, we would play games without fans. Uh, and then by Wednesday, by Thursday morning, uh, at around noon, we had our first game tipping off at 1230 Eastern and at like 1213, they decided to cancel the entire tournament from then on. Uh, it was just surreal to watch because at that point, you know, all these different conferences in college had started canceling, you know, their tournaments after the big bomb drop that Rudy Gobert tested positive for the coronavirus. And so when the NBA put their league and play on pause, I think that really kind of trickled down and alerted a lot of universities, presidents, athletic directors, and these college conferences that, hey, if the pros aren't going to play, there's no way we can put, you know, college kids out on the court with, you know, hundreds and thousands of fans watching them, not knowing what this thing is. And right when they decided to call it is when the Donovan Mitchell news broke that he tested positive as well. And so Thursday, I caught a flight home. Um, once the tournament was canceled, I got back to Louisville, Kentucky. And I've essentially been quarantined ever since because I've just been doing so much traveling with college basketball season. You know, I don't want to get my parents sick. Uh, both my brothers have newborn babies that are, you know, less than two weeks old each or both. And so, you know, I've just been trying to stay away from family and friends because I don't know if I have it, I feel fine. Um, but I also don't want to go to the hospital and take a test from somebody who might actually need it. So I don't know. It's just been crazy. I never expected like I'm sure you and so many others for something like this to happen and not only affect just day-to-day living, but this sports world in its entirety. Yeah. It's so we're recording this right now. It's uh 10 PM central time on Wednesday night. It's 2 PM on Thursday uh, in Australia. And so, which means that this is literally one week basically since, since all this really uh, took off, particularly with the NBA. I mean, it's strange for me to even think about the fact that I was in Milwaukee. Like, it feels like it's been a lot longer than a week. But I saw yesterday on social media, and we've been talking about this a little bit, what are people doing? How are they keeping themselves occupied? I think it's fair to say that most of us are not the type of people that would stay indoors for, for much longer than a few hours at a time. We just don't do that. We get out. We're doing things. For you, I, I think I saw that you created a sport, a spat tennis. Is that what it was? Tennis with a spatula? Was that, is that yes. what I was looking at? Well, spatula tennis, a.k.a. spatness. Uh, <laughs> I can't take all the credit. I'm a co-founder of the yeah. new sport and also a chairman of the Spatness Federation. <laughs> uh, but basically what it is. How many people uh, make up the federation? Tell me more about the federation, please. Um, well, basically, it we just create the rules, make sure everybody abides by it. That, Which you were cheating, you know, by the way. No, I was not. We give people regulation, net heights, you okay. know, spatula face uh, dimensions that you have to stick to. Okay. You can use whatever surface, though. Like if you like wooden spatulas, that's fair game. Metal <laughs> spatulas, it's whatever. <laughs> it's whatever you feel most comfortable. But basically, we were just messing around and we were like, Hey, how funny would it be if we tried to play tennis in, in the house? And so we like just kind of evolved as we went and we actually started with dust pans and the dust pans with the stress ball did not work very yeah. well. So then I said, why don't we switch to spatulas, which was very difficult because spatulas are obviously much smaller than dust pans. And so it makes it harder to hit, but I have superior hand eye coordination came. <laughs> and so I was able to pick it up very quickly, but no, just we've set up an ironing board, which was the net 
had a stress ball, used two spatulas, and then we just played basically all day. Uh, and we put it out on social media and people got a big kick out of it. But I think it's funny getting to look through social media and seeing how people are coming up with creative, different ways to entertain themselves indoors because I mean, I'm bored as hell and it's only been a couple of days of not having to work. So I know you feel the same way. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12 pack of beers while you catch up on some old games. Sometimes you just need what you need to be delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery deliveries and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to go to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Yeah, I'm, this is what I'm a little bit concerned about is the fact that it has only been a week. And I, I'm wondering, um, you know, I'm just wondering when people are going to run out of ideas, you know, like what, 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 are we, what are we going to do? And I even find myself, and this is ridiculous, but uh, with Netflix shows or whatever it is, I'm, I'm trying to like space out my, uh, my episodes because I'm like, I don't, I don't know how long this is going to go for. I don't want to burn through the catalog too early. No, that's a great idea. I mean, the first two days I binge watched show after show after show. And then I was like, okay, I cannot sit here and continue to watch TV. Like I have to do something different. (laughs) And you know, like you can get outside a little bit and walk around and get some fresh air. I've gone for a couple runs, which you know me, I hate, hate working out, but I keep going back and forth. Like in this quarantine is, am I just gonna, you know, start my fitness regimen and lose 10 pounds and get super, super fit for summertime? Or am I just going to go the complete opposite way and let myself go? Because I just bought every junk food imaginable on my trip to the grocery store, kind of stocking up for the kind of unknown. So I go back and forth, like get fit or let yourself go. And to be quite honest, I'm leaning towards the latter. Well, you know, I, I think that from what we're seeing, particularly with, with sports, we might have a couple of months at least before the NBA comes back. So you might have, you might have time to do both. Let yourself go for the first few yeah. weeks and then, uh, you know, start to, start to feel bad about that and then, and then go hard with a fitness regime because you don't want to go too early. But yeah. I want to talk about your job because this was, this was seriously, uh, I know, um, you know, we, are, we aren't often too serious when we're, when we're talking to each other, I'll say that, but... Uh, this was a big change for you. You went from being with the Bucks and obviously traveling with the team right through what was an incredible season, and we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But what what has the biggest change been for you, job wise? Um, and is it is it just simply the fact that you're not with the same group of people all the time? You're all over the place. You're doing uh, different sports with different groups. What what has all this been for you? Yeah, it's been um, quite the change. Obviously, I loved every minute of my time in Milwaukee. I love the organization covering that team, those players, those, the coaches. I mean, obviously I grew close to all the media members who were 
covering them as well. It just was like a tight knit family. And so it was so nice being able to cover the same team every single day. Um, it made your job easier because you knew exactly what happened the day before because you were at the game, yeah. you were covering the game, you were traveling with the team. Uh, and now it's different because I don't cover just one team. I cover a bunch of different teams and a bunch of different sports. And so it's harder to build relationships uh, quickly when you're only seeing somebody, you know, maybe two days every so often, if you will. Uh, so that, that was definitely a change. And then you don't have that close knit kind of family feel of traveling with the same people and really getting to know people on a personal level. And so of course, like I miss Jim Paschke and Steve <laughs> Novak and Marcus Johnson dearly. I, I text Jim, uh, you know, twice a week, we catch up on phone calls. Uh, I text Marcus and Steve just as much. And so that's been awesome to kind of keep those relationships um, that I built in Milwaukee. But going to college sports is obviously different too. I mean, I was seeing the best of the best. Obviously, Giannis yeah. is one of the greatest athletes of all time in any sport. And so getting to see, you know, that kind of caliber of play top to bottom from that team and then going and watching college basketball, um, it's night and day. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't mean that it's not enjoyable work. Uh, I do enjoy covering college athletics because I was a college athlete. Um, it's just very, very different how they operate as compared to the pros. But, you know, working for ESPN, um, I think was a great opportunity and it's proving to be a good opportunity. There's so much room for growth. Uh, you know, I've already seen it in my short time with, since making the change, you know, I got to do sports center work um, leading up to the national championship in college football because Clemson is an ACC school. And, you know, I was down there covering multiple games this season. And, and so there's opportunities like that. I got to do multiple ESPN games in college basketball. And so, you know, hopefully for me, my career can continue to grow um, but obviously my work at Milwaukee um, was a great building block and laid the foundation for hopefully what's to come. Yeah, it was probably strange for you, but I will, I will admit I was walking through the house. Uh, this was back, um, I guess, early January around the, the college championship game. But I remember I was walking and I was like, wait a sec, I was doing something. And I heard this voice and I was like, wait a second. I knew it was on ESPN. I saw you on SportsCenter. It was even like, it was strange for me um, to see you doing that. But that's obviously, that's obviously awesome. But you, you mentioned those types of things you've been anchoring as well. It hasn't just been on the sidelines. And just before we started recording, you spoke about a, a radio show that you've just started doing. So what, I mean, how has, how has this been? More variety, getting to try different things. And, and how are you enjoying that sort of stuff? The anchoring, the sports anchoring, obviously with ESPN and then, and then the radio stuff as well. Yeah, that was part of what made it uh, advantageous and kind of enticing to me uh, leaving Milwaukee to be able to do this was there was a bunch of different things that I was able to do when taking this job, not just sideline reporting for college football and college basketball. I got to sit in the analyst chair and do college volleyball all fall. And then I actually got to do the NCAA tournament up until the Elite Eight, uh, which was so much fun. And I didn't think that I would enjoy it as much as I did. But being able to do that was awesome. And then, like you mentioned, I get to go up to Bristol where ESPN is located and I get to sit at the desk and anchor um, you know, which wasn't a skill set that I had prior to other than working at a local station in Louisville right out of college. Uh, so radio is another, um, you know, avenue for me to kind of build my skill set and become more versatile. And that's the thing. I just think that I'm getting to do a lot of different things. And that's just more that you can add to your plate and more versatility that you can show. 
Um, and so that's been, I think, really, really cool for me to kind of step out of my comfort zone and do a bunch of different things rather than just one thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I do want to get to the Bucks a little bit now. I, probably the last few days uh, with Frank, we've been sort of looking back at what's happened since Bud came to Milwaukee. And obviously this year again, this team took another step. But when you think back to last season, the 60 wins uh, didn't end the way that we probably all wanted it to, but still uh, an extended playoff run. Is there anything in particular or or a few things that stand out to you, whether it's a game, whether it's moments that you will always, I guess, remember and and feel fortunate as I do in in multiple occasions to to be in the arena or around the team or or just a part of what what was an incredible season? Yeah, I mean, gosh, that's a hard question because yeah. there's so many memories um, and so many fun times. Um, I'm trying to think of certain games that really, really stick out to me. Um, you know, I thought the Houston game at Houston was uh, – yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a really fun game just to kind of watch and sit back and take in. Um, I thought the Boston series um, – obviously, Milwaukee fans showed up for the second round. Um, in the Eastern conference when they were at Pfizer forum. But I just, that was the first time for me going to Boston and seeing Boston on that level. (laughs) Um, And and that was kind of wild being able to see playoff games at TD garden and obviously Milwaukee doing as well as they did and prevailing that, that was really, really cool. Um, You know, the Toronto game still, I, I just think to myself like, gosh, I can't believe you're sitting right behind the bench, you know, in Toronto watching, these guys play in the Eastern conference finals. Uh, you know, so there's moments like that for sure. And I don't know, like I think about messing with Brooke Lopez, you know, about his brother, Robin, yeah. like, yeah, and yeah, having yeah. jokes like that. Um, you know, Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe going back and forth with their dunk contest, like, and then listening to him in the locker room after games, like go after each other and George Hill trying to like invite himself into the dunk contest and they wouldn't allow it. Like stuff like that where you don't get to, you know, fans sitting at home, you know, watching, they don't get to see that kind of side of them. And I was lucky. I felt like that I got to see that on a day-to-day basis. Um, and I don't know, I just think Bud's done such a phenomenal job. Like, you know, they play flag football um, on a random day in Florida yeah. when we were in Orlando, or they do wiffle ball, um, you know, and set up baseball fields essentially um, at Freighter. And so like stuff like that, I just think he does a really good job of like reading the room and like knowing the pulse of his team and, um, knowing when to have fun and when to work hard. And I think that kind of trickles down and everybody kind of embodies that. And I don't know, I just think he's a really good fit and everybody seems to really want to fight and play hard for him. And that was just enjoyable for me. So I want to remind you guys about our friends at D1 Milwaukee, our very first local sponsor for Locked On Bucks. D1 is the place for the athlete. You set the goal. We help you get there. All coaches are former D1 collegiate strength and conditioning coaches and athletes. They build science-based programs created specifically to improve athletic performance in a state-of-the-art facility. But given that times are a little bit uncertain right now, we want to move on to their summer camps that they have coming up for your kids. For 7 to 11-year-olds, they will focus on the fundamentals of athleticism. They will spend time each day developing running mechanics, working on balance and coordination, utilizing the fundamentals of movements. The coaches will create a fun, active environment for your young athlete to train in. And for 12 to 14-year-olds, they're going to give your athlete a competitive edge on their peers, focusing on linear speed and change of direction 
Along with progressions in strength training, your athlete will develop extremely quickly with our coach's expert instruction. In order to play with the best, you need to train with the best. A reminder that D1 is located in the Mech 1 Pavilions right off I-43. If you want to get more information, you can hit them up at d1training.com. Keep those summer camps in mind. D1 is the place for the athlete. You set the goal. We help you get there. So you led me into two questions here. One of them I was probably going to get to anyway, but you mentioned the Boston fans. And I remember um, the first time I experienced that was the the season before when the Bucks were in the playoffs and lost in seven to the Celtics. And I remember thinking the same thing. I, I just, I was like, these people are, are just wild. Nuts. Like this, yeah, just absolutely uh, <laughs> insane. And it was probably a different experience. I mean, I didn't travel to Boston last year for the second round. So, um, you know, obviously when the Bucks are winning games, it's it quietens them a little bit. Let's just say that this this season before we know they they didn't win one game uh, on the road in that series. But someone asked me the other day what I thought was the loudest crowd, and maybe playoffs you can take out of it. But in regular mm-hmm. season, was there a, an arena or a fan base that stands out for you? Because there was one game in particular, and I, I don't want to I don't want to uh, sort of force you into into a particular answer here. But there was one game that stood out for me, so I'm curious if, if, what you would say to that question. Loudest crowd. Loudest crowd, craziest crowd, uh, okay. best road atmosphere, I guess. And also, um, it's, it's important to remember the Bucks were blowing out teams left, right, and center. Yeah, so it was, wasn't often that they, they were able to get into it. That's the thing. There's so many games where I'm like, yeah, that team didn't stand yeah. a chance. So their fans didn't care. Um, I probably would have to say Philly, I think okay. in April or at yeah. the, it was near the end. Um, didn't Bledsoe get ejected? They had that yeah. big stuff up. <laughs> Most violent act, most violent act in the history yeah. of the world. Yes. So when that all went down, I mean, I, I remember thinking like, the, and Philly was very much into that game. I mean, I, I don't even, I think maybe yeah. did the Bucks lose or did they, I can't even remember. I think the Bucks um, won, but it was, it was, it was intense. It was, it was a close game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that was maybe one of the loudest ones that I can remember um, because it was obviously so chippy and so intense and those fans were ruthless as well. So but I said... Are, so I said, uh, and I don't know if you remember this one, it was on part of that, that West Coast uh, road trip where they eventually lost two games in a row, lost to Phoenix. But the game in Utah on a Saturday yeah. night, that I still just remember that arena was insane. Like it was one of those ones where you're in the arena and, and your ears like, uh, are making that sort of like crackling noise that was that loud. And the Bucks were up big in that yeah, game and the Jazz uh, made a run. That one for me stood out. You know why I probably don't think of that one? Because I was back in the tunnel. My seat was actually closer to their locker room than it was to the court. And so I remember Malcolm Brogdon didn't play in that game. And so he watched from the locker room because there wasn't enough room on the bench. Because that's just a really tight arena, like in and of itself. Like I feel like you can't move anywhere. And he kept coming out and standing next to me to watch my stat monitor uh, and to watch the game on my monitor until we were kind of talking throughout, but I wasn't close to the court. So I don't feel like maybe I noticed the crowd, but yeah, they got a rowdy crowd too. Uh, But I just like, it's so funny. I heard you cuss on the beginning of this, but I'm not going to say what I heard in Boston, but I remember, I think it was (laughs) whatever game it was, maybe three. I was, you know, you're sitting in the crowd um, because we weren't working that for Fox sports, Wisconsin. And, you know, we're amid amidst the fans and the first half, it was all like, Blank you, Giannis. Blank you, Giannis. Whatever. And then 
flip. And I'm like, gosh, these people are just awful. Like that's like, <laughs> terrible to say. And then flip to the second half and it's like, F you Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Stop, Kyrie. <laughs> Screw you, Jason Tatum. And like, I was just like, oh my gosh, these fans just like flip on a switch yep. and they flip and start going after their own players. And I just, I just remember thinking like, this is playoff basketball. Like these fans are ruthless. Uh, and that was like, I'm not judging it. I just thought, like, wow, this is what what breeds such intense atmospheres, and that's what you kind of live for. You you want to play in uh, arenas and atmospheres like that, I think. But yeah, I'm a I'm an unprofessional host, Katie. So occasionally, yeah. occasionally I let it fly a little bit um, with my As language. I, I try to I try to keep it down and try <laughs> to be professional, but it doesn't always work. But the other question that you led me into, and and we have, I haven't got to. I'm not going to hold you too much longer but i did say we had some audio issues before we started recording this and i said under normal circumstances uh, first of all i'm not going to mention who was at fault for the for the audio issues but there was audio issues let's just say that and i said (laughs) given that we're in quarantine here all we have is time i didn't feel bad about holding you for too long but i'm going to try and wrap this up but the other question i had was when you spoke about the culture that the bucks have and we both know and everyone knows from the outside. I mean, you can just tell from the courtside interviews post-game, um, from the social media stuff that the Bucks post, you can tell that these guys have a special connection and a genuine relationship that, for me, um, from being in, in other locker rooms around the league, going to other teams' practices, and from covering other sports, you don't see that. And have you, have you seen anything, and it's tough when you're not there on a daily basis, but have you seen anything that compares to this? Because I honestly haven't. The, the, more, the, uh, the more sports I cover, the more games I go to, I haven't seen this type of this level of connection that the Bucks seem to have with each other. No, and you know I haven't to answer your question. Uh, no, I haven't, and I think that's what makes what's going on in Milwaukee so special. I, so many people since I've left, however many months it's been, they always ask, "Who was the worst player?" They they never want to ask sure, like, sure. Who's the best player in the locker room. Um, they oftentimes though say like, what's Giannis like? Everybody wants to know what's Giannis like. Is he really as humble as he seems? But then the next question is who's the worst player you had to deal with in the locker room or like who didn't get along. And I don't have an answer for people because I honestly say like there was not a bad egg on that team. Everybody was enjoyable. Sure. Some of them are more shy than others. Tony don't Snell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tony Snell would be a great example, but like even Chris Middleton, yeah, I think Chris sure. more of a shy human being, but yet still has to do tons and tons of media because of the caliber of player that he is. But I just, I had thoroughly enjoyed getting to know those guys. I thought they were so respectful, not just to me, but just to anyone in general, to each other. Um, you could tell they genuinely cared about one another's well-beings and obviously what is happening on the court. And I just think what they've got going is really special. And, you know, people people from the outside looking in, like not even NBA fans, they would say, it seems like they're just a bunch of really laid-back guys. You know, there's no drama. Yeah. Um, I mean, you and I talked about this. At some point, like, they're just killing teams left and right, left and right. And it almost gets like a little boring and mundane. And you're like, could some kind of drama like happen? So we have something like, you know, different to report on or like, could they take a bad loss? So you had something to talk about because honestly, like they were so good and so consistent, even more so now to what we're seeing this season as compared to last, like it just gets a little bit mundane. I think people sometimes like take it for granted what they've got going, how good they are, what good people they are. Um, but I just think that is like a testament to the front office of really putting in their due diligence of finding the right people 
not only for the system, but just good people for the culture. Um, because I think honestly, like that does breed success. Um, and, and I hope that they're able obviously to make it to the NBA finals once play resumes and, and win a championship. Cause I think they deserve it. And the people of Milwaukee for sure do. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I don't know whether you um, caught this in, in the last couple of weeks and uh, I, I guess I should ask how much you've been able to actually follow the Bucks with all your travels and everything you're doing, but they did just pick up Marvin Williams, obviously, as you would know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, one of the things that he repeatedly said when he got here, and this is a guy that was drafted in 2005. Uh, so let's just say he's been around, he's been in locker rooms. He's seen he's different collections. No, I'm not calling him old. Uh, you know, I, I'm just saying he's a veteran. That. He's a veteran. He's, um, he's seen a lot. And, uh, he still laughs and says every single time that he cannot believe how relaxed this locker room is and, uh, and how casual these guys are. Now, he says, he makes sure to point out that when it's time to work, uh, they're working. But he, yeah. he, was, he was truly shocked at how relaxed they are and, and how, uh, how much fun they have together, which I, I think for someone like that that's been in the league for that long to come in and, and actually be surprised by that is, I think it says a lot. Yeah, I think it's refreshing. And I think a lot of people too, like I remember when Jason, uh, you know, got traded George Hill got traded different people like they say oh I've heard great things about the locker room you you hear certain things but then until you're actually in it on a day-to-day and you get to experience it for yourself and then you know George Hill saying like this is even better than I ever you know could have imagined like that that in George Hill another veteran guy who's seen some things in his time like that I think says a lot and I'm glad that Marvin Williams you know it's true what he thought about it and he finds it relaxing and he finds it just to be a good group of people because that's what it is. All right. Uh, last one, Australian accents. Um, I think a lot of people probably, um, you know, might have caught some of this on Twitter last season. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, there was pretty much no practice or shoot around that I could walk into without Katie trying to either greet me in an Australian accent or rehearse oh yeah yeah I'll rehearse lines on me so I'm curious whether this water. uh this last 10 months yeah water was like your number one word water. I just need buzzwords Kane if you like can say or string together a couple of sentences and record it on your phone and then send it to me okay. like I just need like prompts to be able to get me into the accent if that makes sense so Kyle um, Cor- water, Kyle- water Kyle- was one of the words that I remember Kyle Corver has been one that I've that I've um, has cool. been pointed out. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Wait, say it to me again. Kyle Corver. Kyle Corver. Yeah, not bad. Kyle I mean, Corver. Listen, I was just Kyle. curious. You've been busy. I was just wondering if you had time well, to work on it. It's evident to me you haven't. I haven't worked on it. Uh, full disclosure, but I did think of you and Eric and Malika and Matt a couple days ago because I was watching sports center when there was actually some kind of news. Um, <laughs> excuse me. What am I saying? I watch sports center every day came, of course. Uh, but on this particular day, Brett Brown was oh, talking about the importance of stopping play because of this coronavirus and a light bulb went off and I was like, you have nothing to do Katie for the foreseen future. <laughs> This is the perfect opportunity for you to get your Brett Brown impersonation like perfect. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to perfect my Australian accent and whatever on earth Brett Brown's accent is because it's like a bunch of different things. I feel like jammed into one. So I'm going to try to work on perfecting that. Well, I think first of all, you already have obviously an American accent. So I think you have to perfect the Australian accent first and then just get lazy and then just get lazy with it and then mix them both together 
and hope for the best. Maybe that would be Brett Browns. I don't know. I mean, that might be your your best bet. But seriously, Katie, uh, I, I wasn't joking at the start. It it has been a long time since we chatted, and and yeah. during the season, it honestly is just really really hard to schedule this type of thing. Even even when I am in the states and we're in the same time zone, it's difficult. We're always traveling, always doing different things. But I really appreciate uh, you. Oh, honestly, taking my uh, taking my call on, on quick notice. I think I, I messaged you with, with about twenty minutes notice, and you were ready to go. So I appreciate it. You gave me plenty of time to eat my donut. So <laughs> once I finished the donut, again, I told you I was letting myself go. Um, once I did that, then I was just so elated to get your call. That was English, but uh, on that <laughs> note, I'm going to let you get. I'm going to let you get back to your spatness. So uh, <laughs> again. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. So for everyone else, Frank, probably back tomorrow, we're going to continue uh, working with the mailbag from there and uh, keep finding ways to pump these podcasts out. So for Katie George and myself, Kate Pittman, we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.